0: Hello and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I am the founder of Impact Your Fitness and the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network. I'm also a Certified Muscle Activation Techniques Rx Practitioner, a Certified Exercise Physiologist with a Master's Degree in Health Sciences. It is my mission to get you an upgraded mindset for a more potent workout. And this is done through inspiring education to build resilience and use knowledge that will boost the quality of your fitness and the quality of your life. This episode is a solo cast and it is very much on target with that mission. Okay, this is not your typical fitness podcast. We are here for a refreshing change of pace on how we would normally talk about fitness. So to really do that, subscribe to the podcast, check us out on socials. You'll find that there are two shows uh, in this feed. So we have a collection of shows that are designed to really bring in the nuances, open up a conversation, leave the judgment behind and really just like think about how we approach fitness what the mechanics are and how we can leave the bs of the fitness industry behind before we get started i have some very exciting announcements for those of you who are interested in working with me and my team virtually we have set up an entire virtual studio that is an extension of what I do in my studio slash clinic in Alexandria, Virginia, which is muscle activation techniques and working on strength uh, for different types of athletes and exercise lovers at the deepest level. So one of the main things that people get from working with me is being able to engage areas of um, around joints that have been weakened, dampened by old injury or even arthritis or surgery and it's entirely possible to do that. I do it every day and it's entirely impossible to do it virtually. Uh, First of all, we have a free webinar on February 25th and this episode airs on the 22nd but Anyways, so in case you're one of those people that downloads this right away, then there you go. Free webinar for you. And then we have virtual studio programming. And we can also add on a virtual session to those. So we have a low-cost budget uh, product for sale for programming for people with uh, old knee injuries or trying to get back to running. That's called the Hybrid Run Program. I have a program for golfers with low back issues and just back issues in general. We also have a course on how to exercise with old injuries. That's a 3 to 4 month offering and that comes with 3 virtual sessions and a like 6-7 hours of video and exercise video content that really teaches you a system. So it's all about recovery exercises, warm-up exercises that really prime your body for strengthening these areas that have concerns, tightness or old injuries and even traumatically like injured areas so that is at movementpathways.com we also have the virtual studio which is at impactyourfitness.net slash virtual studio those will be in the show notes of course and i really hope to see you there this has been a lot of work um we've and i've worked with people all over the world with these systems and it's amazing uh to have you know Been able to do that and be able to share this with you guys through the podcast. So, not only am I able to share this love and enthusiasm for exercise science and really teach you guys how things are working below the surface, but also I'm able to help you um, in a very tangible way. It's just amazing. Join the fun. And if you're not sure yet which program is right for you, you can send us an email at hello at impactyourfitness.net or just sign up for the newsletter at impactyourfitness.net slash newsletter. For this second episode of Love to Move, I wanted to open with this headline that is pretty shocking and I love it for that from the New York Times Health Phys Ed blog article from June 2020 and that headline is a single bout of exercise alters 9,815 molecules in our blood. I just don't know if there's another way to say wow exercise is so cool (laughs) and we don't have to hate it (laughs) because look at all of these things that get uh you know, put into motion because we are moving. And when we are moving intentionally, we can enjoy it and we don't have to feel forced to do it. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to share this stuff, you guys. So today's episode, Myokines, will be about these molecular changes that this New York Times article was referring to and the review paper that they summarized in that blog article, but I will include the reference for that and the blog article in the show notes. This is also part of me sharing my inspirations for high-quality exercise and thinking fit and being fit. So to enjoy this idea, let's first take a look at the difference between the interior impact of exercise and the exterior impact of exercise. These are two different things. Uh, this interior impact of exercise is what I'm diving into as a person with a professional interest in physiology, biology, neuromuscular health, and this is what blood chemistry looks at, just what I was talking about with that uh, New York Times blog article. The exterior impact of exercise is the things that we seem to be pretty focused on in our exercise culture. So exercise culture sells you things. Exercise culture promises you things. Most of those things are the exterior impact of exercise. So we can talk about that on the sales, the psychological buying habits, we can talk about it in the ripple effect. So the exterior impact of exercise is a potentially healthier society. <laughs> that was a loaded statement for me because as exercises got more popular, we haven't necessarily gotten healthier. Um, and that's something, you know, Keith and I brought up in our episode from January, I so the exterior impact of exercise is the things that were sold, essentially. That's, that's how I'm trying to paint this picture. And then somewhere in between the interior impact and the exterior impact of exercise is the think fit, be fit exercise lover, okay? So you are making decisions for your body based on embodying science and feeling good good about going to the gym and feeling that honor feeling that privilege of being able to actually spend time on your body and so that's the mix of interior and exterior impact of exercise and how to think about it so the interior impact of exercise is all this fun stuff the New York Times quotes the author of the study that was the that came up with this 9,815 molecules that were changed, altered, in our blood in a single bout of exercise. And we're going to get into that study in a second. So the study author, Michael Snyder, is the chair of the genetics department at Stanford University and the senior author of the study, okay? So he says, it was like a symphony. First, you have the brass section coming in, then the strings, then all these sections joining in then he later added it's beautiful music and it's yours end quote that is fast I love that love it love to say it love to move with it and I mean that and what he's referring to is the blood chemistry all these molecules changing and interacting he was looking at it as it, like a symphony was happening and it's all inside of you. It's all inside. Like the beauty in that, the microcosms of biology throws me to my knees every single time. Like that really gets me. It's beautiful music and it's yours. That's what we can do with exercise when it's coming from the right place. I am spending time on this concept because I cannot for the life of me let people sit uh, go to the gym and punish themselves, punish the fat fire you know fire up their body in all kinds of different ways with exercise, creating inflammation. I cannot sit back and let us do that. it creates chronic pain it creates malf- malfi mm, deleterious cycles of self talk pain and Honestly, either subpar results from exercise or negative impacts from exercise. Because there's, there's, there's no reason that we should be doing that except for the fact that we are being sold the exterior impact of exercise in a very negative way. Shame on you, fitness industry. This is just too good not to just harness and grab onto it. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to that. I just... uh. Thinking about how I can best bring this message forward. Obviously, it's so important to me and it's been coming through to work on it through goal setting. So instead of me yelling and kicking and screaming and playing victim to the fitness industry and calling everybody a bad guy, I've decided. That I have, I'm taking this route of showing you how to love, how to embody, and goal setting has come up, and it has been something I've been working on with the co-authorship for exercise applications for exercise uh, lifestyle medicine, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and revisiting and rewriting the goal setting techniques that I, we use in the studio and for clinical matters when we work with the medical community, as well as the workbook for our virtual studio. So this is coming in hot. It's coming in strong and hot. And the refreshing new take is that goal setting needs to be done holistically. I didn't truly emphasize this with my clients for a long time. And so we're talking about my career that is over 10 years long now, and I was, I've been working with people with some kind of injury and chronic pain for a long time and have been doing it at a pretty successful rate, but I wasn't really emphasizing holistic goal setting with people. I was focusing on like, more biomechanics and measuring and getting numbers and being very narrowly focused, truly, more in that biomedical World now, I've just totally opened up to a more biopsychosocial um, ma- model, which I've spoken about several times, and so that work is emotional, you know. And I, fa- I, upon reflection, I've learned that that my work is emotionally heavy, and so to discuss something like holistic goal setting, I just wasn't really willing to do that work myself and feel emotions for myself. So why would I ask other people to do it? anyways this seems obvious but goal setting and setting uh smart goals is important and we are doing it at my studio in an entirely unique way with the biopsychosocial context and looking at it from the the whole lifestyle point of view so it's really obvious but for me it's a big change because I was just so biomechanically focused Anyways, what even the like a slightly smart goal setting technique can do is pretty great. Um, you like, even for myself, I've I've recently just said I need to make sure I'm getting enough movement in my day. And right now, my goal is honestly to go above eight thousand steps a day. I have other strength goals, but this one is specifically for my environment and to change how I interact with my workspace and it, it's, it's paying off. So even a slightly smart goal like that, um, can really bring like just, I would call it low hanging fruit out of the way so that you can achieve more. And for me, it's paying off in, uh, energy alertness, productivity. (laughs) So, uh, and I knew all this stuff was a possibility, but now I just feel so much more aligned with it I, you know, So I could go into that a little bit more, but this is more about myokines so and other chemicals. So what was interesting, let's go back to that article at the New York Times Health, the Phys Ed article. And honestly, side note, I must be onto something if the New York Times thinks it's a good idea to provide physical education to adults as well. So I'm just like putting my stake in the ground there, okay? So the paper that was featured in the New York Times is called "Molecular Choreography of Acute Exercise." There was a limitation. There were several limitations to this, and I'll get to the to those in a minute. So this paper was published by the Stanford Genetics—I don't know—department uh, in May 2020, and so it was a st- standard treadmill endurance test, which is literally nine or ten minutes until exhaustion. So they went all out until they could not go anymore. And the, when going through it, it was about nine or 10 minutes. There were only 36 people and they drew blood before and after. So after this nine, 10 minute exhaustion, to exhaustion treadmill test, they did blood work 15 minutes after, 30 minutes after, and 60 minutes after. They ended up measuring 17... More than 17,000 molecules, okay? And it was 36 people total, and they were all over 40. So I I would think that there would be even more change if we were to do this on younger populations. So they ended up with measuring 17,000-plus molecules, and the sum of, like, 9,815 molecules is more than half, and they were altered. So they looked at things that increased, things that decreased, and that they had some really interesting findings with people with insulin resistance. So the limitation was that the conflict of interest was with the VO2 max testing device, which for our purposes is fine. The one bout of exercise is limiting factor and the volunteers being all over 40, I think is limiting And the sample size is small. So I'm sure this is a huge jumping off point for more of this type of research, which is very exciting. And I have a quote from the abstract, actually, that I really thought was great. And so the lead author says, time series analysis revealed thousands of molecules, molecular changes, and an orchestrated choreography of biological processes involving energy metabolism, oxidative stress inflammation, tissue repair, and growth factor response, as well as regu- regulatory pathways. Most of these processes were dampened, and some were reversed in insulin-resistant participants. Finally, we discovered biological pathways involved in cardiopulmonary exercise response and developed prediction models revealing potential resting blood-based biomarkers of peak oxygen consumption. Very cool. I, just, it just, I find that so exciting, I am just so pumped. Okay, so, (laughs) you know, the hypothesis of this series is that we are trying to, quote-unquote, fight obesity and culturally with exercise and burning calories. And I, again, like, I think that's harmful. I think it's creating fat phobia is bad for everyone. um, And these labels just don't serve us. So when we really should be just like nurturing the mechanics and the mechanisms that I'm talking about with an intentional and a responsible approach. So again, like this is a gateway to be this like pharmaceutical drug pusher like me. So I had a lot of important takeaways from this. But as I said, I mentioned a lot of this in the previous episode where the author, Mr. Sn- Dr. Snyder, had mentioned oxidative stress, inflammation, tissue repair, growth factor response – all of those regulatory pathways are, you know, mediated by muscle contraction and that reset button uh, from the when we start exercising, we start releasing adrenaline, right? And that is where this next feature of the podcast, Dr. Pedersen, comes in. She's the one who has really done all the work on discovering or not discovered, I don't know if she discovered it, on working with myokines and interleukin-6. I'm pretty sure she came up with the term. I'm not sure that she created or found it in the first place. But interleukin-6 was the f- one of the first things that was recognized as having this regu- regulatory pathway. So the second half of this episode, I'm just going to highlight her work and basically continue this cheerleading that you're hearing. And it's all in just to serve you guys so that you can share this information with your loved ones so that you can sleep better knowing that they have more information, high quality information about exercise. That's the ripple effect that I'm looking to make with these episodes. So your action steps from this is to one, check out that link um check out the article see if you can get access read it get fascinated and share this episode obviously share the love to move and revisit your goal setting techniques if you need help we have something set up in our virtual studio for that it is all about looking at the holistic view of lifestyle and how fitness fits into that. Which is it's just it's just a whole new model and a whole new approach to this stuff. And I hope I get to share it with you guys. So just uh hit me up on Instagram if you want more information on that. I'll be talking about it on Clubhouse too, which is a new thing. So Instagram at Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz. Okay, now let's welcome one of my heroes to let's welcome a <laughs> a description of her. She's not actually here or on Zoom or anything like that. She is a real shero. She's a pioneer in hormone biology and exercise physiology. She has over 500 papers and over 85,000 citations. This, uh, the Danish researcher, oh gosh, um, Benti Carlon-Peterson. So Dr. Peterson is an MD. She's a professor of integrative medicine at University of Copenhagen. And she's, uh, she's authored like popular exercise books, um, she, you know, has written textbooks <laughs> outside of that. And honestly, her work will impact the exercise industry indefinitely. And I am so like I've been following this woman's work for a number of years, and that's because her work is so influential. That shows exactly how and why our muscles communicate with other organs. And one of those papers is called "Organ Crosstalk." It's fascinating. Uh, I've read the whole thing. It's it's, she has one paper that is like seventy-two pages that is just about how exercise can treat chronic illness, and it has twenty-six different illness, uh, chronic illnesses, and it's it's just amazing. I think I I hope every uh, medical practitioner gets a hold of this at some point. So she has termed uh, she she coined the term myokines at least in my, from my research that she has. Maybe someone else did, but I'm, she's a pioneer in this. And so myokines is defined as cytokines and other peptides. So these are chemicals that are produced, expressed, and released by the muscle fibers and exert either autocrine, uh, pa- pancreatic, or endocrine effects. So it has multiple effects on multiple different organs, okay? And what is so cool about this is that The old way to think about fitness is that exercise is implicating change onto the muscles and the fat, and we do these exercises to get that effect from the organs, but what this new way is is that the organs are already doing it, fat, muscle, and we have to optimize that. We have to nurture it. We have to be be in a space that we can approach it with respect. And that starts with this new way of seeing it. So myokines are an important local uh, chemical agent, and they have effects on metabolism, angiogenesis, which is uh, blood vessel growth and muscle growth, as well as being capable of systematically acting on other organs and systems. That's more of the formal definition. And what I'm going through next is basically a list of these myokines and what they have potential to do and what they're doing every day. I personally heard of these uh, in in a neuroscience class years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and it has been fascinating to me ever since. Okay. The first one is myostatin. This has to do with muscle growth and size. It's functionally a negative regulator of muscle growth and has a a relationship with mTOR, if you know what that is, and it's one of the first myokines that was uh, discovered, and it was in the late 90s. We have irisin, which is a really cool uh, hormone that has an impact on our memory, our brain, and it does come from muscle contraction, but it's a part of this like fat interaction, and how fat uh, can convert into, uh, brown fat. So irisin it has a lot of cool interactions, um, and they are secreted from skeletal muscles, contracting muscles. <laughs> Interleukin-6, this is a, the most studied myokine, and, it is of special interest because interleukin six is associated with obesity and insulin resistance, and it is it is the chemical that is highly produced and released after exercise while insulin is uh, is in action essentially, and this is one of the first things that Dr. Peterson recognized was interleukin six being a big part of what happens during and after exercise. Then we have BDNF, brain derived neurotropic factor. And this circulates in the blood when muscles are contracting, and it is uh, highly regarded as helping lay down new pathways for new neural pathways, new new cells, um, nerve cell growth, brain cell growth, and but it also is an important um, piece of the puzzle for how muscle regeneration happens right after different injuries. So there's so many interesting things about BDNF that I will get into in another episode because this is a huge piece of my inspiration and motivation to to share this information and empower you guys and show you what resilience is. BDNF and learning about it played a big role in that. The other ones uh, are interleukin 15, which is another one I don't know a whole bunch about. And then we have um, how, like, that being a part of autophagy and microphages, which is how your body heals uh, on its own. Uh, there are uh, something called fibroblast growth factor, and these are signaling proteins that have a lot of implications for metabolism. And muscle growth, again, as well as the pancreas, very cool uh, secretion effects there as well. Um, There's just so many uh, other interactions I could talk about. Like the New York Times article said, 9,000 plus, just from one bout of exercise— And I will leave you guys with this. Can we be intellectually motivated by exercise? Can we step out of the box that the fitness industry, that the conventional Western medicine industry has tried to put us in? For example, the box that I've been trying to get out of is, if you have knee arthritis, you can't squat this deep. Well, I have knee arthritis and then some. Both of my ACL ligaments are torn. I did not get them repaired or reconstructed. And I squat deep, I jump high, and I do the plyometrics with no pain. So what box are you trying to get out of? What, what have you been told you can't do? And what is your intuition telling you that isn't true? What is it? Because we can test that. The body is so pliable plastic, even in our older uh, decades. That's why we have to talk about BDNF next. But yes, I do believe we can be intellectually motivated by exercise because there's a reason the fitness apps only dangle one carrot in front of you. It's just easier to sell one carrot, which is fat loss, you know, whatever. And it's harder to convince you to grow your own garden and show you where the tools are. It's not that profitable. I'm doing it. I can tell you. (laughs) I hope the podcast is profitable. Hint, hint, go write a review. I'm just convinced that most of us, like 90% of us can feel that the fitness industry treats us like a child that doesn't understand how to respect things. And that, (laughs) you know, I I believe that if we are shown how to respect the wonderful world of change and feeling joy with progress, that we will thrive with that thought, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I, I believe that you understand that there is such a rewarding process with physical self-improvement, but exercising does, does, you know, it just does more than burn calories and we have to get ourselves out of that box. I want to welcome you to this new portal, walk through it with me, that, that is about exercise, unlocking the ability of your body to change in almost any way. If you asked your coach or trainer, friend, or left a comment on the, you know, the YouTube Barbell Bros video, how does that exercise work? Then you're here. You're in the right place. That's what I want to walk with you through, walk through you, walk with you. Anyways, (laughs) I, I'm just, I'm here to teach you guys, my clients, my members, not only how to move, but why 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 we feel better with certain techniques and regular exercise. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed learning and researching and regurgitating <laughs> for this uh, production. So uh, just hang for a few more minutes so that we can present our affiliates and remind you that there is a free webinar this week, February 25th. Go over to movementpathways.com slash webinar to register and I will see you there. We have a, two affiliates now and I u- personally use them both. So they're high quality nutrition products one is called ladder ladder dot sport and you can get a discount on your first purchase if you use bfit 10 in the checkout and ladder is great because one it's nsf certified which is less than one percent of supplements can achieve that gold standard so huge for me and i wouldn't be using it or promoting it if it weren't for that also This is from LeBron James. This is his uh, company that he started with his trainer and now his business partner, Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) So it's really high quality for high performance athletes. And before using something like this, make sure you're already eating a healthy diet and that this can add to it. I am personally using the pre-workout from time to time. It's great, uh, especially if you like beta alanine. I also use the plant protein several times a week. I use the chocolate flavor. It's awesome. My boyfriend uses the whey protein. And they also have superfood greens. They have a hydration product that I love. It tastes like old-school Gatorade with a little salt. It's so delicious. And it's a caffeine-free drink, which is also what I love about it. So use the code BFIT10 at checkout. You can also uh, get additional discounts if you subscribe to their products. Ruvi is our second affiliate and R-U-V-I, Ruvi means the Roots of Life. And this is a very tasty drink. It is all fruits and vegetables and actually freeze-dried into powders. So it's a powdered drink, you add it to water, you can add it to smoothies, and it is whole fruits and vegetables including all the healthy fiber and nothing else. It's picked at their peak nutrition and freeze-dried to lock in the nutrients and flavor. They have four blends. You can get that on your first order with a free uh, shaker bottle. I personally love the Focus and Boost blends, but I do keep all four blends around. The page to visit is goruvie.com, Impact Your Fitness. You can also find them on our affiliate page at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com slash affiliatepartners.